Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's the No Sleep Podcast, Waiting for 19 Minisode. I'm your host, David Cummings. This episode will feature two stories, including one of the stories we performed live at the Dr. Sleepless at the Stanley event in November. So stick around and play with us, Danny. I, I mean, sleepless listeners. Now, we don't do little break episodes like this often. One of the reasons we're doing this is because of some health issues I've been having. Nothing overly serious, but let me tell you. When I needed to get to a doctor, the last thing I wanted was to wait or struggle with finding the right doctor to help me. That's why I'm happy to recommend ZocDoc to you. On ZocDoc, finding the doctor that's right for you is seamless. The quality care you need is just a few taps away in the ZocDoc app. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. When you're not feeling your best and just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. That's where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash nosleep and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash nosleep. Again, ZocDoc.com slash nosleep. So, as I mentioned, this mini-sode is called Waiting for 19, as we wait for the premiere of Season 19. And with new seasons come new season passes. And as of today, pre-orders for Season Pass 19 are now online. Season 19 is going to be a fun one as we delve into the darkness inspired by a certain gothic writer. I dare say it will be poetic. So go to seasonpass.thenosleeppodcast.com to pre-order Season Pass 19 and be ready for the launch of the season on the first weekend in February. Now, as many of you know, the weekend after Halloween found a group of us no-sleepers at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. We performed in front of a great crowd of fans. Joining me on stage were Kyle Akers, Mick Wingert, Nicole Doolin, and Lindsay Russo, along with the maestro Brandon Boone providing live music. We're planning on releasing a full-length episode from that event, featuring stories we performed with our special guests that weekend, Samantha Sloyan, Kate Siegel, and Mike Flanagan. So that's a little teaser for what Season 19 holds in store for you. But now, let's start with our first tale. It's a story written by our good friend Michael Whitehouse. In it, we return to the haunted town of Windermere. And so, enjoy this live performance. Take it away, Mr. Cummings. We are going to kick right off, and I like to say, in our first tale. 
We are thrilled to be able to do a script written for us by a gentleman who has done so many live scripts for us. Um, from Scotland, Mr. Michael Whitehouse. And if you're familiar with the show, and if you're familiar with a lot of the stories we've done just on the podcast, but also after tours, we often will release live versions of the show. And Michael has always written scripts for us that take place in a fictional little town called Windham. And so I contacted Michael and I said, we would like to return to Windham. Although it's kind of strange that I would do that because things never go well in Windham. <laughs> And so we are going to meet a couple who has just moved into town, and I think we'll discover very quickly that they, they know how strange Windham really is. And so we are going to delve right into this town, and we are going to learn what this couple discovered when they encountered a shadow from above. What was that thing, Mark? What? Hold on, hold on. I can't see anything in the backyard. It's pitch black. I knew we should have installed a security light the second we moved here. Well, he, he won't try to get in, will he? Well, let me check the doors. Mark, what did you see? Something, someone up in the treehouse. I'm not sure. Okay, the doors are locked. Didn't you see it too, Shelly? Well, I did see a shape moving above us, then, then something white hanging over the edge. It was a hand. Two, actually, the more that I think about it. Then two eyes peering over the ledge down at us. That's why I grabbed you and ran. Oh, it creeps me out knowing someone is in our backyard hiding up in the treehouse. We should call the local sheriff. Whoever it is could have a gun or a knife. Why do we have issues wherever we move? We've only been in Windham for like three days and we already have a prowler. Oh my God, is that him? Only if he's the politest prowler in America. Wait here. Who's there? It's Jack Murphy from next door. And Marjorie and Philip from number six. Oh, we heard a scream and wanted to check in on you. Is everything okay? Well, at least the neighbors are friendly around here. Come in quick, guys. Thanks for coming around. Oh, no problem, no problem. I was awake anyway. I heard the scream and bumped into these two with the same idea. Are you okay? It's Shelley, isn't it? Oh, yes, thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, we met briefly the other day out on the street. My apologies. I'm terrible with names. I'm always saying that. Aren't I, Philip, how terrible I am with names? She's always saying how terrible she is with names. <laughs> is there an echo in here? Don't mind Jack. He's the town cynic. Anyway, we're glad to see you're in one piece. What happened, if you don't mind me asking? We were getting ready for bed when we saw the strangest thing through the window over there. The flicker of light from the old sycamore out back. Oh, from the treehouse? Yeah, it was like there was an open flame inside of it. Well, I was worried the tree was on fire, and so we went out to check, and then... Then I started climbing up the wooden ladder, and we both saw someone leaning over the edge of the treehouse looking down at us. It was horrible. That is worrying. I hope it's not the start of things again. Again? Uh, we had a prowler around here a few years ago, didn't we, Philip? Uh, yes, Marjorie. Terrible business. Have you phoned the sheriff yet, Mark? Oh, he, he was just about to. Well, I mean... Mark, if you don't, I will. Okay, okay. Now, maybe hold off on that. We don't want word to get out. Word to get out? I think I better call him. Jack's right. Hold off on that for now. Why? Dear, you're new to the neighborhood. There are some things you should know before you go bringing the sheriff into this. The last time it happened, the town gossips dined out on it something awful. 
The people at church looked at us like we had... Trust me, it's not worth the drama. What are you talking about? Is it the prowler that you mentioned from a few years ago? If we're going to talk about this, I could do with a drink. You got anything strong? Well, sure. We're still unpacking, but I brought in the essentials. Jack, you see that box in on the, on the kitchen worktop over there? You'll find some glasses and a bottle of scotch in the cabinet right above it. Ah, got it. So, what is all this? If it's all the same to you, I'll wait for that drink first. I'm gonna need it. It'll be okay, Shelley. Someone probably should have explained to you, but we hoped it was all done with. So we thought there really was no need. But it seems some things won't stay dead. Uh, here you go, everyone. I couldn't find ice. Cheers, I guess. Uh, to friendly neighbors. Well, that's good stuff. Don't draw it out, dear. All right, all right. I'm getting to it. I know this is going to sound crazy to you both. You just moved here a few days ago, and then you've been dropped into this, for want of a better term, high strangeness. Windurm is full of that, I can tell you. Especially this street. The man who lived in this house before you bought it, Jacob Price, he had a grandson. Terrible affair. The poor child's mother and father died in a car crash, and the boy, well, it was either social services or living with Jacob. Are you telling this story, or am I, Marjorie? Uh, Jacob was a good guy, but he was an old-timer and quite ill. Taking on an eight-year-old kid like that? He was only asking for trouble, but he was the only family the boy had. I, I'm sorry, what does this have to do with the treehouse? Everything is the answer to that question. The boy's name was Nathaniel, and that treehouse sitting up in the old sycamore in your backyard, that treehouse was his. And I need you both to understand me when I say it still is. We bought the house, Philip. I don't remember anything in the deeds about sharing a treehouse with a spoiled child. Don't be so rude, Mark. I can't take this kid. Uh, Nathaniel... I take it Nathaniel is now a teenager and drinks in his treehouse with his friends? Damn it, I can't be bothered chasing off local delinquents. We came here to the country for, to find some peace and quiet. Philip, cut to the chase. Maybe then he'll understand. Okay, okay. Nathaniel, Jacob's grandson, he disappeared one night. Jacob had gotten into an argument with him, and the boy, who was understandably distraught after what happened to his parents, he lashed out, and he knocked Jacob off of his feet. And he just left the old man on the kitchen floor and ran out of there. We were the ones who found him, weren't we, Philip? Found Jacob, I mean. He was quite a big man. We had to get Jack here and a couple of the other neighbors to help him back onto his feet. He banged his head good and proper. Yeah. And then there was all the commotion afterwards. Search parties, newspaper articles, television crews. We all looked day and night, but it was the strangest thing. It was just like Nathaniel had just up and vanished. And they never found him? No. Not for lack of trying, believe me. It became a constant cloud over the town. Flyers put up all over Windham. People didn't give up for weeks. Even when we all suspected that he'd hurt himself out in the woods or something. Well, by then, we weren't looking for a kid. We were looking for a body. God, that's awful. When was this? Uh, Thirteen years ago. You know, it just kind of faded away after that. People stopped talking about what happened to Nathaniel. Spe you know, except for the usual rumors. I think it became a bit of a, a campfire story. Did you hear what happened to the Price Kid? Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, come on. When you say the treehouse is still his, you mean what we saw tonight was Nathaniel's ghost? 
Well, I don't know what it is, but I do know it started climbing up into that tree on the one-year anniversary of Nathaniel's disappearance. Yes, it was about this time, wasn't it? November 4th? Is there a fracking site nearby? There must be something in the water. Mark, don't be rude. Rude? With all due respect, whatever is whoever is up there, or was up there. They're quite human and quite alive, I can assure you of that. Uh, look, I would have thought the same thing. But the problem is that, I don't know, with these kids, they just... But look, the, the light in the treehouse. It's come on again. Oh, I've had enough of this. I'm going out there. No, wait, it's... it's moving. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, from the shadow, at least. What the hell is it doing? Why is the shadow moving about back and forward like that? The thing in there must be moving around inside the treehouse. Oh, for God's sake, are you all mad? Look at the way the light moves. It's a candle flickering. As the flame moves, it creates a juddering effect. Oh, I I don't even know why I'm bothering. Look, whoever is up there, they're about to get the fright of their lives. Mike, please don't go out there. Remember what happened in Springburn. This isn't Springburn, Shelley. Don't let them spook you. This is just pure country nonsense. There's... There's not much to do around here, so they make up tall tales. Like I'd be enjoying it myself if I didn't have to get up for work in the morning. Mark, you're making a big mistake. We've seen that thing before. It's not what you think it is. Mark, perhaps if we have another drink and talk more? I'm tired. I don't want another drink. I'm going to grab a flashlight, a knife from the kitchen if I need it, and scare the hell out of Jason Voorhees out there. Mark! Ah, leave him. Leave him. He'll be back in a second. He needs to learn for himself. Where is he? I can't see him out there. There's Mark's flashlight now. Is he always this impulsive? (sighs) Okay, we had a bad experience at our previous place. Mark tried to confront a neighbor. It ended up with him in the hospital in a court case. We were pretty much pushed out from our home. It's still eating him up. He's near the tree now. Oh, Mark... Be careful. (gasps) The light in the treehouse has gone out. Uh, Maybe the show's over for tonight. Wait. Wait, 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 what's that? Where? A a black shape, look. It's hanging down from one of the branches. I don't see what you're... Wait, there it is. Is it an animal? No, it's much too large. Jesus, it's moving. And Mark's not seen it. It's it's, it's climbing down towards him. (laughs) Mark, run! He's seen it, uh, but the thing's after him. Get to the door! <sighs> it's just behind me. L- lock it. Don't let it in. Brace the door with something. Uh, Philip, grab that table with me. Oh, I hope that'll hold. It's pushing, it's pushing up against the door. Well, I can't get inside, can it? I think it stopped. Look out the window. It's headed back into the yard and up the tree, scrambling about on all fours. Back into the treehouse. Now do you believe us? I need another drink. Please, please. Here you go. <sighs> we have to call someone. Anyone. What was it? White. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it had rags about its skin and bone. And the, the one thing I can tell you, it, it wasn't any kid, okay? I had this horrible feeling that I was, like, staring at what was left of someone, my... Oh, my hands are shaking. I, I think we should just get the hell out of here. Oh, be my guest. I'm not leaving here until morning when that thing is out there. I'll be this fast. I mean, but it, but it, but it does move like its bones are all broken and, and the smell. Oh, my God, the smell is like rotten from the outside in. 
I think I know who it is. Marjorie, They don't. own the house. They have a right to know. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I don't want to know. I want to call the sheriff. I'm not sure he'll be able to do much about this, Shelley. I don't seem to have an, a signal. Anyone else? No, me neither. Is coverage usually patchy here? Windrum is in countryside, Mark, but it's not like we live at the end of the earth. My cell is over here. Hold on. Oh, no signal either. It must be a coincidence. Oh, check your landline. <gasps> it's disconnected. What the hell is going on here? It's the prowler, isn't it, Philip? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But I hope not. What were you about to tell us, Marjorie? Uh, let's just leave it. Sunrise is in a few hours. We should wait out this whole thing. I I've suddenly gone off the idea of digging up bad memories. No, no. What were you going to say, Philip? Go on. It's like Marjorie says. It's probably the prowler. After Nathaniel went missing, someone was prowling around the backyards here and at our house. The sheriff searched and didn't find anything. But we saw him. Like a shadow wandering around, all wrapped up in black cloth. Then, one night, we heard a scream. I'll never forget it. But I knew. We all did. It came from the treehouse. The treehouse was, was on fire, you see. And when they put it out, they found the prowler's body inside, and the tree was strangely untouched. No one ever identified him, but we were all convinced whoever he was, he had been the one who had took Nathaniel. Jacob had the treehouse fixed up after that. I don't know why. We begged him not to. Well, maybe he thought Nathaniel would somehow come back to it. And you think the Prowler has come back from the dead, don't you? I know it sounds crazy, but you said yourself the figure wasn't a child. And are you really going to maintain that that thing is alive like us? I'm not sure what I'm willing to entertain now after seeing it. The lights! I've still got my flashlight. It cut the power! Let me check the breaker. It's in the closet in the hall. I'll be right okay, back. Will someone go with him? I'll go. Oh, we should make a run for it. I mean, don't you feel it? Like, like something is coming. Look, I'd rather take my chances to get out to our car and drive the hell out of here. I think that would be too dangerous now. We should just wait it out. I'd say running is a last resort. We have to hope that there's no physicality to it. I mean, I'm not exactly an expert, but don't most ghosts just... Frighten people? They're capable of hurting anyone. Unless they frighten you to death. And that thing was physical enough to bang the door. Oh, you're back. The electricity should be on. We reset the fuses, but it's as though there's no electricity coming into the house. It must be a fault underground. Let, let me check something. I can see a light in one of the houses across the way, and the street lights are on out front. It's just this house that's gone dark. It doesn't make any sense. Keep telling yourself that. This town is full of coincidences gone bad. You know, I read something once about ghosts supposedly draining batteries. Batteries? Yeah, people who investigate haunted places, they say the batteries in their cameras suddenly go dead, and watches stop, flashlights run out. But why? Well, they say it's because they're about to do something. They need the energy to... What's wrong, dear? Nothing. No, 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 go on, please. I read a piece on a paranormal investigator who said her camera batteries ran low, and then she saw something moving towards her. It's, it's like a spirit needs energy to, to manifest. Well, it can manifest on my middle finger. <laughs> can, can anyone hear that? What? A, a tapping sound. 
Don't let, don't let your mind play tricks on you, Jack. Not tonight. No, he's right, Philip. I can hear it, too. It, well, it sounds like a, like a moth tapping a light bulb. No, I think I can hear it coming from somewhere near. It's coming from the window. I'll shine my flashlight on the glass. Ah! Christ! I can't take much more of this! Where is it? It must have run away from the window as soon as Mark shone his light on it. It's eyes. I, I saw them. Oh, God. What the hell is it? Mark, it looked at me! I, I, I think I see it moving out there again. Hold on. Climbing up. Climbing up into the treehouse. I... I've changed my mind. We should make a run for it. Are you mad, Jack? Did you see the teeth on that thing? And how fast it moved. We'd never make it to the street. It would tear you apart. But maybe Shelley is right. Maybe it only has the power to frighten. It can't really hurt us. Oh, it looked real enough to me. I think I saw some earth on its hands. Okay, I know it's nuts, but is there a cemetery or a graveyard near here? Windermere Cemetery is on the other side of the town. Uh, there used to be an older one, but that was washed away in a flood back in the early 1900s, I think. Maybe it came from somewhere closer? Shut up, Philip. Don't talk to my husband like that, Jack. All right, all right. Everyone calm down. We have to think this through. Mark. What is it? I can see her breath. She's right. The temperature's dropping. We're not due for frost for weeks. What the hell is happening? They drain energy to manifest. Mark, shine your flashlight in the corner. There's nothing there. I'm sorry. I thought I saw something. I'm getting paranoid. Let's get out of here before it really does come for us. It's not coming for you. Jack, God help me shut your mouth. Philip's right, Jack. Keep it together. I think we all know what's happening here. It's come for us. Stay close to me, Shelley. Oh. No! It's in the house! I can hear it in the hall. What do we do? I, I can't hear it anymore, Mark! Oh, it's still here. Feel how cold it is. I think we let it take you, Philip. Jack, no! If it comes for him, it comes for all of us. Not likely. He's the one who killed the man. Killed? Jack! Don't say anything you'll regret. There are others here. Ah. I take a jail cell over what's coming for you, Philip. What is he talking about? The Prowler. Shut your mouth, Jack. Maybe if we admit our guilt, that damn thing will leave us alone. It's getting closer. I can feel it. What is this? What did you people do? You have to understand, Mark. A child had gone missing, and then this Prowler started wandering around the backyards. We thought it was only a matter of time before he took another child. We all had an even hand in it. Even Jack. Uh, covering it up, yes. But I didn't set the treehouse on fire with him in it. You did. It's come for us! Shelly. Yeah. Oh, thank God you're okay. Mark, look. The treehouse. It's it's dragging them up there. The light is is flickering again. Seems different this time. Yeah. Now there are four killers up there, not just one. Come on. Let's get the hell out of here before it changes its mind and adds us to the group. And then what? Uh, we move again. I don't know where to, but I can tell you this much. It'll be far, far away from Windermtown.
You see what I mean? Windham is the kind of town that seems nice on the outside, but inside there's some real darkness. I'm sure we can all relate to feeling like that ourselves at times. That's why I'm glad this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com/nosleep today to get 10% off your first month. That's better h e l p.com/nosleep. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And now, our final tale. As you recall from season 18, our theme was old-time television shows. And while doing research for that, I came across a strange um uh, episode, I guess, uh, of a mysterious show called Uncle Jimmy's Storytime. I've surmised that the gist of the show was some guy known as Uncle Jimmy sat around and read stories to the viewers. I guess way back then TV wasn't as action-packed as it is today. I've cleaned up the audio and have it ready to present to you. So, Uncle Jimmy, take us into story time. Welcome to Uncle Jimmy's story time. I'm Uncle Jimmy, and I'm glad you've decided to set a spell with me tonight. Is there anything better than having a local spot where you can have a tasty meal in comfortable surroundings, like a little diner in your hometown? Well, they sure can be nice places to eat. And in tonight's story, I want to tell you about a diner that I once ate in. I haven't been back since because, uh, well, let me get into the story for you. Don't want to spoil your appetite. <laughs> So, folks, settle in, tuck your napkin under your chin, and feast on a tale I call Sonia's Diner. Sonia's Diner was considered one of the best spots to eat in the whole county. Conveniently located just off Route 65, it was the place to stop for locals and tourists alike. When you walked in the door, you were greeted by the delicious aroma of fresh coffee and their irresistible cinnamon rolls. The floors were the traditional black and white checkerboard pattern, and the booths and seats were candy apple red vinyl. Chrome accents, the revolving pies in the display case, and the sign promising the best homemade milkshakes you'll ever have. completed the quintessential diner experience that made Sonia so beloved. Sonia herself was equally beloved. Her cooking and baking skills were only matched by her warmth and inviting demeanor. If you told Sonia your name once, you'd be greeted with a, "Well, hey there, Tom." The next time your feet stepped inside, even if you hadn't been back in months, everyone loved Sonia. And she had a deep affection for her family, as she called her customers. 
The food, service, and atmosphere at Sonia's was so enjoyed by everyone that the regulars used to poke fun at the one small flaw anyone could find at Sonia's. You see, while Sonia's place was fastidiously clean and looked after with great attention to detail, there was one thing, well, some might say a trivial thing, that stood out from everything else. You know how at most diner tables you'll find the little condiment holder? The place for the ketchup, salt and pepper shakers, the the chrome napkin dispenser? Well, at Sonia's, the ketchup bottles were never more than one-third full, and the ketchup usually had that watery slick on the top of it that required vigorous shaking to mix in. And with such a small amount of ketchup in the bottle, that wasn't an easy shake. Why don't you keep the ketchup bottles full, Sonia? The locals would ask. I fill them when they're empty, was always her smiling reply. Likewise, the salt and pepper shakers, the kind you've seen a thousand times with their short glass bottles capped with the silver perforated lids, were equally disappointing. So unappealing and rarely used, The salt got clumpy, and an unwitting eater risked an avalanche of salt if they shook the blockage free over their food. And the ground black pepper was so old and so finely ground that by this point it essentially rendered nothing more than flavorless gray dust. But when all was said and done, most customers overlooked these small flaws because Sonia's cooking rarely needed to be enhanced with any condiments or seasoning. Yes, Sonia's was practically perfect in every way. Sonia was married to another community leader, Donald Passfield. Passfield's mortuary services was one of the largest funeral homes in the north end of the state. Whether you wanted a traditional burial, cremation, or even a custom casket, Passfields was there to help you with all aspects of preparation for the life hereafter. Donald was regarded as warmly as Sonia, as the couple were a fixture at every community event and fundraiser held for miles around. Ah, salt of the earth they were. Sonia and Donald were well aware of the rather incongruous mix of their professions, eatery and mortuary. Some rather unsavory rumors were spread among the local youths. It was almost a rite of passage that the local high schoolers would murmur about Sonia's meatloaf and how maybe it wasn't made from cows, instead coming from Passfield's morgue. Regardless of the silly stories, Sonia and Donald never let it bother them. Embracing the jokes, the pair came up with their own slogan, Living or Dead. With Sonia and Dawn, you'll end up being stuffed. Now, perhaps this story and mentions of Sonia's delicious cooking has caused your tummy to rumble with promises of delicious treats. But at this point, you may have noticed that I'm speaking in the past tense about Sonia's. Today, if you drive down Route 65, you won't see much left of the diner. The building itself is in shambles. The large red sign with the name Sonia's was long ago torn down and destroyed. 
A faded remnant of the word diner can still be seen past the overgrowth of weeds and rusted remains. So what happened to Sonia's diner, your curious mind asks? You're likely wondering if Sonia retired and sold the diner. Or did Sonia pass away, leaving a grief-stricken Donald no choice but to close her beloved diner for good? No, no, neither of these things happened. Sonia's diner is no more because of one out-of-towner and a fateful stop at Sonia's for some meatloaf. Now, as I told you, Sonia's was practically perfect in every way. And when you're practically perfect, it means that sometimes small mistakes can occur. The mistake in question happened when Sonia was mixing up the meatloaf, like she'd done hundreds of times before. When one of Sonia's dear friends, Jane, stopped by with her new grandson, Sonia got distracted by the visit. Oh, she cooed over the baby boy, proclaiming him to be the cutest baby she'd ever seen, and promised Jane a free slice of apple pie if Sonia could just hold the wee lad. After the visit, Sonia returned to the kitchen to finish preparing the meatloaf. It was later that evening when the man arrived. He was in town on business when he saw the sign for Sonia's diner. He parked himself in a booth and ordered some sweet tea and the meatloaf dinner. It didn't take more than a bite or two to notice there was something off with the meatloaf. Even Sonia saw the look on the man's face as he chewed it. That sour expression when experiencing disagreeable food. An expression rarely seen at Sonia's. That's when Sonia realized her mistake. Now, hold on, I'm going to ask you to stop right there. If you're thinking that the legends about Sonia's meatloaf were, in fact, more truth than fiction, that the meatloaf wasn't made from cows, and that the meat was smuggled into the diner kitchen surreptitiously from the deep, dark bowels of her husband's mortuary, well, well, shame on you. That simply isn't true. Sonia's meatloaf was made with fresh, grass-fed beef come straight from the Whitmore farm the next county over. Besides, serving human flesh as meatloaf would hardly be considered so lightly as to be called a mistake. No, 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 Sonia's mistake was something far simpler. It was forgetting to season the meat with her usual recipe of spices and fresh herbs, owing to her being distracted by that chubby little baby boy. Her mistake was a bland and decidedly flavorless meatloaf. The man, in an effort to revive the meatloaf's flavor, reached for the salt and pepper shakers. The salt shaker behaved well enough as to distribute a reasonable amount of salt on the meat, but when the man shook out a sizable amount of pepper from the shaker, he stopped short. The sharp smell struck his nose. Oh, and the look on the man's face. Well, now I, I could go on and on about the events that followed. How the man bolted from the diner without paying taking with him the pepper shaker. How the next day the sheriff showed up at Sonia's, this time not for his usual coffee and slice of chocolate cream pie. 
and how that customer never showed up for his meeting with Donald the next morning to discuss the mortuary business. The man, you see, well, he was a longtime mortuary owner of his own, and he knew every aspect of dealing with the dead. And he also knew what ground black pepper should smell like. And that, dear friends, is why Sonia's is no more. Not because of near-empty, watery ketchup bottles, not because of clumpy salt, but because beneath their warm and generous exteriors, Sonia and Donald were a twisted and deeply disturbed pair. The kind of people that took dark delight in filling the pepper shakers with the flavorless gray dust of cremated human remains. reason to ask for only fresh cracked pepper when dining out. It makes things somewhat less uh, risky. So, dear friends, thank you for joining us for our Waiting for 19 mini-sode. Remember to join us the next two weekends as we release the next two episodes in our Sleepless Decomposition series. Devilishly good fun for one and all. So, until then, stay sleepless and, as always, brace yourself. The nightmares may be over, but the darkness will linger on, so long as you reside in the No Sleep Zone. The No Sleep Podcast is presented by Creative Reason Media. The musical score was composed by Brandon Boone. Our production team is Phil Mikulski, Jeff Clement, and Jesse Cornett. Our creative content manager is Olivia White. Our editor-in-chief is Jessica McAvoy. If you would like to find out how you can hear the extended editions of our program, please visit thenosleeppodcast.com to learn about our season pass program. 25 episodes, each over two hours long, and three exclusive bonus episodes, all for only $25. On behalf of everyone at the No Sleep Podcast... We thank you for joining us in the No Sleep Zone. This program is copyright 2022 by Creative Reason Media Inc. All rights reserved. The copyrights for each story are held by the respective authors. No duplication or reproduction of this audio program is permitted without the written consent of Creative Reason Media Inc. <laughs>